It's good to be back again. Um, I've enjoyed the morning service. I uh, enjoyed the time of fellowship with you this afternoon, eating from manna from below, and hopefully the Lord will bless, uh, continue to bless us this afternoon. Uh, Elder Sonny Powell says he never likes to <laughs> bother a scripture unless it bothers him first. <laughs> and uh, I just want to... Uh, Go to First uh, Corinthians chapter two. Um, I just uh, we EcoLab, the company I work for, just celebrated 100 years, <laughs> um, which was awesome. We had a, a time together this past week where we celebrated 100 years. And one thing that's uh, constant about EcoLab is change. Okay, over the last 100 years, there's been plenty of change. One thing about the Primitive Baptist is there is not a change. The Lord set up his kingdom, set up his church 2,000 years ago, and things haven't changed. We come, like Paul says, he says, for I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's the crux. That's what we preach. We preach the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There's a key to everything we do here in life. Sometimes you just got to find that key. It makes it unlocks several other things in scripture. Now, we believe in the scripture. We believe that the scripture is inspired by God. It's, uh, you know, all scripture is inspired by the word of uh, God. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for uh, correction and instruction that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. The primitive Baptists believe this is uh, the King James translation is the proper English uh, Bible for Christians in 2023. This is something that we don't have to change. We don't have to add to it. We don't have to take away from it. And what we preach on a daily basis, 52 times a year, is Christ and him crucified. If you can get that right, you'll get the rest of it right. It's by his word and by his power. He came to the earth to save and he get the job done. We talked about it. Yes, he got the job done. So Paul's telling them, he says he came to them. He, he didn't come to them with excellent a speech or of wisdom declaring unto them the testimony of God. For he determined, this is something that he determined, he didn't want to know anything else. He knew a lot. He had been given a lot. He came under, well, he, he understood a lot about it, but he didn't care to know anything. If you just want to throw away all the extra fill, this is something that he determined to know, okay? I want to uh, look at, in Matthew, a story about some uh, Sadducees that came to Jesus Christ, okay? They came to Christ trying to trip him up. This is this, uh, lessons uh, taught to us in Matthew chapter 22, also in Mark chapter 12. Now, the Pharisees had just came to him trying to trip him up on dealing with the tribute money, okay? And the Lord quickly put them in their place, like he does a lot of people that try to come to him trying to trip him up. He, <laughs> he took care of the devil. He took care of the Pharisees. And the Sadducees here uh, come to him. And see, the Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection. They didn't believe in angels. They didn't believe in a lot of things. There was, you know, you know the sad you see and the fair you see. But I mean, it, 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 if the shoe fits, they, they were wearing it. If you're not believing in the resurrection, you know, to believe in the resurrection, you have to believe in the crucifixion. Christ died. Because he lives, we're going to live also. He tells us that if we have hope in this life only, that we're all men most miserable. If that's it's all, we ha all we have, we're going to be miserable. And I assure you the Sadducees were some miserable people. Okay, in Matthew chapter 12, I, uh, the scripture that's really been eaten at me is what he tells 
tells these Sadducees, they ask him about this woman who married all these brothers, you know, who his wife is going to be in the resurrection, which they didn't even believe in. <laughs> you know, they're asking, you know, I don't even know why they're asking the question other than the fact that they did not know who they were talking to, okay? They had no hope. He says, um, Matthew chapter 12, There you go, Matthew chapter 22. It's good to have data there. <laughs> Matthew 22, or yeah, I mean, Matthew trying to find chapter 12, which is in Mark chapter 12, but here we go. Matthew chapter 22. He says in verse 29, after they ask him all the questions, he answers them and says, Ye do err, not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. He tells the same thing over in Mark chapter 12, after they, he, he talks to the Pharisees, he talks to the Sadducees, and he tells them in verse 24, and Jesus answered to them and says, Do ye not therefore err, because you know not the scriptures, neither the power of God? We can err not knowing the scriptures. We need to be in the scriptures to know the scriptures. And they definitely didn't know the scriptures. They had the Old Testament. They had the, uh, the prophets. They had the book of Job. They, they had these things. It talks about the resurrection. David said in Psalm 17, 25, As for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied, what? When I awake. When he awoke, he was going to see the Lord face to face. This is the resurrection at the end of time. He says, As for me. I love the as for me's in the Bible. And, you know, Joshua said, As for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. He's the sweet psalmist is saying, he says, As for me. I will behold, not anybody else, it was personal. Him himself, he will behold his face in what? In righteousness. He says, I shall be satisfied. Job says, in uh, Job 19, he says, For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and I shall see him stand at the latter day. And though my skin, worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh I shall see God. He was going to see him. This was taught, the resurrection has been taught, and he's telling these Sadducees, he says, you de err. There's a lot of things that we can simply err by what? Not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. It took the power of God to resurrect his son, Jesus Christ. It took the power of God in creation and providence. There's, you could preach all afternoon and all night like Paul did till midnight, preaching about the power of God. But if you don't understand the power of God, you're not going to understand the, the scriptures, you're not going to understand the power. But the scriptures talk about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They didn't, the Sadducees didn't believe in it. And he told them straight up, you, you're erring. We can err simply just not knowing the scriptures. God has given us the scriptures. Let us be like the Bereans and search them daily to see if these things are so. The Lord told them, ye do err. Uh, he, Paul told Timothy and um, so another way that people can err. I talk to my friend Carl all the time and we get fighting back and forth on scripture and he always ends, ends it with this one. And I love it. Well, he talks about rightly dividing the word of truth. So I'm thinking he's just telling me I'm getting it wrong because I'm not rightly dividing the word, the word of truth. But he says, uh, he says, uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, to study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, Timothy, 
rightly dividing the word of truth. He says, shun profane and vain babblings, and they will increase unto more un ungodliness. And their word will eat up as a canker of whom Hymenaeus and Philetus, who concerning what? Who concerning the truth. This is the truth, okay? They erred here. He says, who concerning the truth have erred, saying the resurrection is past already and overthrown the faith of some. Some didn't believe in the resurrection. Other ones overthrew the faith through error, saying the resurrection has already occurred. They didn't understand the scriptures, and they didn't understand the power of God. A lot of times in my own hey, I just pray to God to give me a little power. He said, that's pretty silly, Tim. No, it's not. I ask for strength. He can give me by his power. I ask for courage. It takes power to do the things that we just cannot do on our own. It's like the, the woman who came and wanted just a few crumbs from the table. She understood what was in those crumbs. It came from the bread, the bread of life. She just wanted some crumbles, okay? She wanted some of that power. We, don't, we err sometimes because we don't ask, you know, we receive not because we ask not. That's power, okay? Listen to what he said in uh, Jeremiah uh, about the creation power. Jeremiah 27, in verse 5, he says, I have made the earth, the man and the beast that are upon the ground, by my great what? My great power and my outstretched arm, and have given it unto whom it seemed meet unto me. It seemed meet unto him to create the heavens, create the earth put us on the earth to send forth his son to the earth to redeem us by his what? His great power. He'll come into each child of God's life between conception and death by his great power. He says in Ephesians 1 and 19, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us, word, who believe according to the working of his what? His mighty power. Okay? In Je Jeremiah 30, 32 in verse 17, he says, Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the what? The heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm, and there's nothing too hard for thee. When he dealt with Abraham and Sarah, he said, Is there anything too hard for me? He says down in verse 27, he says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything, anything too hard for me? It's nothing too hard for the Lord. It's nothing too hard for the Lord. We believe in the preservation of the scriptures. We're not to err in. We believe in the preservation of the saints. And it's, it's, no, it's easy for me to believe that it's not too hard for the Lord to preserve his written word. It'll last till he comes back. His word shall stand. It shall not be broken, okay? Why? Because of the Lord's power. There is nothing too hard for him. He says in uh, Psalms 110 verse 3, The people shall be what? Willing in the day of his what? In the day of his power, we believe in irresistible grace. We believe in the effectual calling. Why is it effectual? Because it's effectual. <laughs> it's not uneffectual. There's nothing you can resist. It's called irresistible grace or irresistible power, okay? The power of God from creation to regeneration to providence when he carried the children of Israel across the Red Sea by his outstretched arm and his mighty power he delivered. That's a sign and show of God's children all being home with him and one day, and that one and final day, we'll all be resurrected. Why? According to the power 
in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God will bring us all home without the loss of one. It's done. If we understand the scriptures and know the scriptures, we won't err in this very fact. All that the Father gave to him shall come to him. And all, that's it. That's the power of God. Irresistible grace. When he calls, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they what? They follow me. Not in gospel. <laughs> Coming down now, they will come to him in regeneration. That's the power of God. So to know the scriptures, you'll also know the power of God. He's given them to us. Let's not err. Not err in faith. Not let some people overthrow us saying the resurrection has already passed. We look forward to the one day when he's coming back. We'll all be with him in heaven. One glorious day based on the pure power of God. Let's not err. But read the scriptures. Indulge them and look to the one who's done it all. He's paid the price. Why? By his power. God bless you.